Here's what you missed on Buck Sexton with America Now. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for some Ben Shapiro. He is editor-in-chief of DailyWire.com, syndicated columnist, host of The Ben Shapiro Show. He writes at National Review as well. We've got a lot to talk about. Ben, thanks so much for joining the show again. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, all right. First, the, the the Russia thing. I I just want your your reaction to the the meeting with this lady over the weekend. Is this something or is this nothing? So everyone's stupid. Is as always. My commentary begins with that preface. Um, you know, I think that the it's something for Trump Jr. It's something for Manafort. It's something for Kushner. Uh, I'm not sure that it's anything beyond that. Meaning that if somebody these are the three top campaign officials, or at least two of the three top campaign officials uh, in the Trump campaign at the time. And they're all in a meeting with one person who they say was a big nothing, but nobody had any clue who this person was. I don't believe that story. I think that if some rando walked in off the street and said, I'd like to have a meeting with Kushner, Manafort, and Trump Jr., uh, he'd be thrown out. So clearly somebody had said, this person is plausible and has information about Hillary Clinton. Uh, Trump Jr. said that that was the enticement to go to the meeting, that this person had information about Hillary Clinton. Uh, if the person had no bona fides other than, I know somebody who was associated with someone from the 2013 Miss Universe contest, that's not really a very strong pitch. So I think there's more to that story. But the media have jumped to, this means that there was overt Trump-Russia collusion, that information passed hands, that there was actual planning and involvement. And there I see no evidence of anything. I mean, the fact is that Trump Jr. says, and, and so does everybody else at the meeting, that nothing happened, uh, that there was no actual information, nothing actually got passed. Um, you know, so the, the media's attempt to turn this into sort of the first step in this broad plan of collusion between Trump campaign and Russia, I don't see that without a second step. Otherwise, it just looks like an isolated stupidity from Trump Jr. Do you, do you buy any of this, that, that it was a uh, uh, what we would call a, a dangle uh, in, in Intel speak, somebody who was, who was sent specifically for the purpose of putting out disinformation? Because I seem to see that was, at least some people were offering that up. So, so this, this lawyer, uh, Ms., I'm going to get her name wrong. I can't even remember where it is right now. But whatever, this Russian, this Russian lawyer lady is sent yeah, specifically like to... Te- yeah, Veselnitskaya, Natalia Veselnitskaya, that she's sent uh, just to be there, essentially, that, that the whole purpose of her getting the meeting was to get the meeting so that later on they could say, see, he's meeting with the Russians. That that doesn't seem to make sense to I me either. No, that, that, that doesn't wash for me at all. That was Ryan Priebus's excuse yesterday on TV, and it was put out there by Circa, and I, I don't buy that. And the reason I don't buy that is because there's no payoff. If you want to actually hurt Trump, you assume they would have dumped that before the election, or if you want to really hurt him, you do it after the election, right? I mean, why wouldn't you dump that now or dump that six months ago, like right after his inauguration? So it's, it's the, the, none of the story washes. As always with, with Team Trump, I'm tempted to always attribute action to stupidity rather than malice. Uh, so I, I'm going to go stupidity rather than malice here. Uh, I think that the, the only person in that room, you know, Kushner, Trump Jr., Manafort, who I would be comfortable attributing malice to his Manafort just because he has long-standing documented ties with the Russian government and the Ukrainians. But, um, you know, again, there's been nothing proved there. So I, I don't know, you know what we're supposed to say other than show me the evidence. And uh, what do you think about the latest on the Comey memos here? People are saying that there was some classified information contained in the memos, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he leaked classified information, or does right. it? What do you think? No, it doesn't. I mean, and I think, again, everybody's temptation is to jump too far. So there's classified information in the memos. That means that he has to be careful about who he shows them to. 
they were judged by the FBI to be government documents. That's the second issue, right, which goes to his employment agreement that you're not allowed to take government documents and reveal them to anybody. But um, as far as classified information, no, I don't think that the evidence is uh, I don't think the evidence is total and complete that that he was spreading classified information in violation of the law. I mean, he's, he's a smart enough guy, I think, to know that he doesn't want to get caught up in that. I mean, he had just finished investigating Hillary Clinton. So yeah, I, I, I can't imagine for a second that he's actually giving classified information in, in written form to people and going out there and saying, oh, yeah, I gave this to my friend to leak to the press, and it was classified. So, so just because there was information in some memos, if he had totally unclassified memos and handed those to somebody to give to the press, that may be, as you point out, a violation of his FBI agreement, but that is not necessarily a problem for him from a, a, a criminal espionage act standpoint. Exactly. So, again, I think that everyone wants to jump one step too far in order to defend their side. But, again, I both these stories, the Comey story and the Trump Jr. story, I just, there's not enough there for us to actually make some sort of hard and fast call, I think. We're speaking to Ben Shapiro. He's uh, editor-in-chief of Daily Wire. Com, and also you can uh, hear his latest on the Ben Shapiro show. Uh, ben, what do you make of the current situation the Republicans find themselves in when it comes to health care? Uh, I mean, I think that the, the biggest problem here is that Republicans for a very, very long time have been lying about what their actual principles were on health care. So it was easy to oppose Obama, but they never held any principles in common on health care. So you had President Trump spend the entire election cycle saying that he wanted to repeal Obamacare, but he didn't actually agree with any of the basic principles of repealing Obamacare. He still wanted pre-existing conditions. He still wanted everybody covered. He still wanted to make sure that, that, the, that the federal government was picked up the tab for a lot of this stuff. So, you know, when, when you say that you want to repeal and replace something, and then you replace it with what you're appealing, I, I fail to see how exactly that's a, a big win. Meanwhile, the Republican caucus is so fractured, instead of just coming around together and saying, okay, we're going to repeal, and then we'll figure out replace, by campaigning on repeal and replace, which is something that it was a formulation that was come up with, with by Rand Paul and by President Trump, by campaigning on that, they basically assured they're not even going to be forced to repeal. They, they can just come up with either some very weak plan and try and ram it through, or they can do nothing, and those, those seem to be their two choices. Where do you think the Trump agenda stands right now when it comes to uh, uh, the budget and taxes, by the way? I feel like if we can't get an agreement on health care, there's no prayer of getting that other stuff done in the next few months. Well, it's going to be very cool because the fact is that you need 51 votes uh, under reconciliation for tax reform. But reconciliation requires that you actually have to get a score from the CBO that shows that you're not increasing the national debt. Well, the entire plan for doing health reform first was that you were going to save a bunch of money on health reform, and then you'd use that money and apply it toward tax reform. If you don't get health reform done, then there is no money to be saved on tax reform because the CBO is always going to score a tax decrease as an increase in the deficit, at least in the short term. So then you need 60 votes. Well, the chance of them passing a tax reform with 60 votes are nil. So it's, it's a mess. I mean, it's a real mess. And I don't know how they're going to be able to ram anything through. You know, this is one area where presidential leadership would be really useful. I mean, on health care, it'd be great if, like, let me put it this way, if it were President Ted Cruz, which of course it isn't, but if it were President Ted Cruz, so I think that the Senate would have repealed Obamacare, I do. Uh, because I think he would have made that his central plank. I think he would have made that his central goal. And I think that's a lot easier of a central goal than replace and repeal and all, all this nonsense. What do you say to people who respond, Ben, I'm sure you hear this, I'm sure people write this and occasionally on Twitter and Facebook say nasty things about this because, you know, that's what happens. Uh, that say that, well, repeal's impossible, Ben. Come on. Well, I mean, I don't understand why repeal would be impossible. I mean, you had every Republican in the country campaigning 
on repeal, and all you have to do is put it to an up or down vote. But the problem is that the President Trump doesn't actually want a repeal. If he wanted a repeal, he could probably push for it, but he doesn't want it because he's afraid of the political fallout that will uh, that will occur after the repeal. Look, you're, you're going to get bad headlines anyway. Like, this is something Republicans have to get over. And honestly, I'm sort of shocked that, that President Trump hasn't gotten over it because it's not as though the press has treated President Trump with any sort of kindness, obviously. So if you're going to get treated badly, you may as well do what you want to do. But Republicans... I think are so terrified that they're going to repeal and then a bunch of people are going to get kicked off Medicaid that they're going to be held responsible for that at the ballot box. It'll be a bunch of bad headlines. They fail to understand they're going to get the bad headlines regardless of what they do. So they can either make the situation better and get the bad headlines or make the situation worse and get bad headlines. Last one for you, Ben. Chelsea Clinton has said that uh, Donald Trump is giving the country away. Some people, and I know you're up on DailyWire.com with a response to this, have some have some stuff to say about Chelsea Clinton and pointing fingers about people giving away the country for cash. Yeah, I mean, her, her, she, should, she should look at her mother. I mean, uh, one of the things that is so irritating about the Clintons is they just won't go away. And so Chelsea, she said something about how she was upset that Ivanka, it, it was all in response to Ivanka taking Trump's seat at the G20. And Trump tweeted something out about the Clintons because Trump's go-to is always the Clintons. And then Chelsea tweeted something in response about how my mother never would have relied on me that way. Okay, it's called the Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea Clinton Foundation. Chelsea didn't get her name on the foundation because of her vast qualifications, experience, and accomplishments. So the the whole thing is ridiculous. But, I mean, I saw a story today about uh, a person waking up uh, in uh, in the woods uh, and heard a crunching noise. A bear was eating his head. And I think that that's basically the best metaphor I have for 2017 at this point. We just keep waking up and a bear is eating our head. <laughs> All right, Ben Shapiro. Check his out, uh, check out his latest uh, at thedailywire.com where he's editor-in-chief. Ben, great to have you, sir. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks a lot. Be well. Like us on Facebook. Just search Buck Sexton.